I'm Mark Hill at 8th Street. This is BuildBud.com. The Week in Georgia in English coming to you from San Francisco's Lower Hay. Today is Thursday, the 29th of November, 2018. On this date in 903, the Abbasids beat the radical Ismaili Shia Quamertanians in the Battle of Hama in modern Syria, paving the way for the Abbasid reconquest of southern Syria Egypt. 1777, San Jose, California is founded and becomes the first civilian settlement, or Pueblo, in California. 1831, young Polish military officers begin a doomed revolt against Russian rule, starting the November Uprising, also known as the Polish-Russian War of 1830-31. the Meiji Constitution goes into effect in Japan, and the first diet convenes. 1947, the United Nations General Assembly adopts Resolution Resolution 181, which lays out a plan for partitioning the British Mandate of Palestine. This resolution begins the 1947-1948 Civil War, otherwise known as the Nakba, or Catastrophe, or the War of Liberation, depending on who you ask. Very interesting conversation. Um, between Golda Meir and President Truman at that point, uh, talking to him about how to deal with that. Birthdays are in 1690, uh, German Prince of <clears throat> Alhat Zerbst and the Prussian General Field Marshal Christian August, known for being the father of Catherine the Great, 1881, Albanian Ottoman politician Mustafa Abdul Halik. Rena, uh, Renda, the active partic- an active participant in the Armenian Genocide. In 1926, current president of Tunisia, Beji Kaid Esebsi, the country's first democratically elected president. Madeleine Lengel, the author of A Wrinkle in Time, was born 100 years ago today. I am your host, Mark Mellon. If you'd like to comment on the forum or ask a question, go to tabilpod.com or send us an email at tabilpod, T-B-L-P-O-D, at gmail.com. Salome Zurabashvili, the Otsneba-backed independent, won the presidential election on the 28th, becoming Georgia's first female president with 59.52% of the vote in the runoff. Her challenger, Grigol Vashadze, of the United National Movement's uh, led coalition Strength and Unity, won 40.48%. This was a dramatic challenge from the near-tied results of the first round when Zurabashvili won about 38% of the vote to Vashadze's 37 Many observers thought Vashadze had a chance of winning by picking up the votes of those who had supported European Georgia's Dato Bakradze in the first round, but aggressive campaigning and get-out-the-vote efforts, including by sending crazy volumes of text messages and calls from Bidzina personally, as well as announcements, announcements of mass debt forgiveness, poorly thought-out comments by UNM Chairman, ex-President Dufus Misha Saakashvili, as well as some possible instances of electoral fraud, seem to have helped Otsneba and Zurabashvili to victory. Support for Zurabashvili, but, but I mean, related to the electoral fraud, it is incredibly unlikely and virtually impossible that the fraud um, was to the degree that it was decisive in the outcome, which is what everybody cares about. Not to say that fraud is okay okay if it doesn't influence the outcome, but in this particular case, it, it did not. The support for Zurabashvili was highest in Sachere, Otsneba Chairman Bidzina Ivanishvili's hometown, where she gained 92% of the vote, and then in the mountain regions of Kazbegi, Lentechi, and Mestia, support for Vashadze was highest in Rustavi and Tel Aviv, the only two districts in Georgia where Zurabashvili did not win. However, he won over 64% of the vote abroad, including military vote in Afghanistan. 1,978,845 people voted, a little over 56% of eligible voters, and over 300,000 more than in the first round. 
Initial observer assessments of the election by the hardest working NGO and the caucus of Transparency International Georgia found that things proceeded peacefully and on time, but with a worrying presence of party activists at polling stations. They recorded 120 electoral violations at 300 precincts, ranging from minor to relatively serious, including activists at polling places recording lists of voters breaching the security of ballots, one attempt at ballot stuffing, obstructing the work of monitoring organizations, and one attempt to bribe voters. Additionally, observers from the Georgian Young Lawyers Association noted cases of repeat voting, errors in election lists, errors in using mobile ballot boxes, non-neutral observation, party activists as observers, impeding observers, attempts to influence voters, and threats were recorded. They submitted 60 complaints from observing 170 precincts, while the International Society for Free and Fair Elections noted similar problems and registered 100 complaints after monitoring over 700 precincts, districts, and mobile teams. Despite these problems, the NGOs all endorsed the vote, saying that overall the Election Day activity stayed within the confines of the law. The United Opposition map of election violations has 856 violations, and they allege that there were many cases of people voting twice, once in mobile voting boxes, once in the precinct polling place, numerous instances of vote buying. International observers also said that the public broadcaster had failed to maintain an apolitical stance and that private media companies contributed to the polarized environment leading up to the elections. After exit polls predicted a strong Zutabashvili win, Bashadze held a press conference calling for supporters to meet at 6 p.m. on the 29th at the Tbilisi Philharmonic to discuss their post-election strategy at the meeting. He called for protests in Tbilisi and for snap parliamentary elections while refusing to concede or recognize the results of the election. Meanwhile, Misha went on Rustaviori to say what was happening in the last few weeks was not an election, was not a democratic process, and had nothing to do with people's will. This was an election run by criminals, swindlers, and villains. I call on Georgians not to recognize the election results. The country's main robber has taken hold of every state institution, so now... It is time for the public to take in its hands protection of constitution and its freedom. As Misha plunges ever deeper into the depths of imbecility, somebody really needs to take a look at how to more effectively isolate him from Georgian politics. Isn't there some kind of Cato Institute in Tasmania with fellowships or something like that? Somebody please get on that. Vashadze called Misha's statement one person's political opinion, distancing himself from calls for civil disobedience, but he did say that Otsneba win was due to total mobilization, vote buying, and involvement of criminals, corrupt officials, and drug users. European Georgia's Dato Bakradze called Zurbashvili's win a step back for Georgian democracy. I think the biggest problem is, is that we're going to have to listen to her comments for the next several years. Anyway, meanwhile, after exit polls were released, Bidzina gave an acceptance speech saying, I would like to thank the Georgian electorate for this reaction. The rest is on me. I will do everything that I promised and show you that you will have a government that serves you. Justice Minister Ted Lugiani accused Transparency International and two other NGOs of lying about a whistleblower from the Public Service Development Agency that said there had been instructions given to staff to issue multiple IDs to the same people so that they might vote multiple times. Sulukiani also said there was a possibility they were lying unintentionally and being used as trumpets for UNM fabrications. The prosecutor's office has begun an investigation, but idiotically announced that the NGOs were not cooperating by naming their source. Only the ombudsman, ombudsperson, uh, journalists, clergy, and attorneys have the right to professional secrecy 
According to the Criminal Procedures Code, Transparency International's Eka Gigaudi said that the official statements are intended to further discredit civil society and that TI gave the prosecution all of the information they need to conduct an investigation into the election fraud allegations. That is their role, not that of NGOs. The NGOs also say that free speech and expression laws cover their right to keep sources secret. 17 other NGOs released a statement supporting that right and accusing the prosecutor's office of indirectly threatening to prosecute the NGOs. Meanwhile, outgoing President Georgi Markovashvili met with civil society leaders and thanked them for their service to the country while expressing concern about Otsneba behavior towards them. After Zudabashvili's victory, he congratulated her but used the opportunity to once again thank the NGOs and express concern about the deterioration of of democratic practices. Keep in mind here that while that whistleblower protection in Georgia is almost non-existent and good on TI and the NGOs for protecting the person's name. The government has no interest, I mean, particularly the prosecutor's office, but Ministry of Justice as well, has no interest or ability to hold a real investigation. Um, and their own interest was to get the name, to punish the whistleblower, to, to deter others in the future. That much is clear and everybody knows it. Omega Group founder and Iberia TV owner Zaza Okroshvili, who has recently accused Otsneva of corrupt and illegal behavior, including money laundering and extortion, backed with voice recordings of several officials, says that Otsneva leadership offered to lift a freeze on Omega Group's tobacco assets if he retracted his accusations and offered to reduce its debt from 55 million lati to 11 million. He also said that shortly before the election, on the 26th of October, Bidzina's Kartu Bank issued Omega Group an 8 million lati loan. Okrashvili apparently was given a script to read on Imedi TV saying that his previous allegations were false and he no longer wished to participate in the coup scenario and other fabrications led by Sakashvili and Rustaviori director Nika Kvaramia. While Okrashvili did not give the Imedi interview or retract his statements, Omega Group Tobacco was permitted to resume operations in late October and apparently paid one million lati of their debt. Several more cases of attacks on UNM organizers were reported in the week before the election. UNM local coordinator Nodar Burdiladze was stabbed in Oni Municipality in Racha, and three Molotov cocktails were thrown in the yard of Gurjani Municipality local coordinator Elmira Betsyashvili. UNM said that the attacks were politically motivated, while Otsneba says that the Oni attacker was drunk, had no relation to the party, stabbed Bordiladze after he complained that the attacker was being a nuisance and asked him to leave the the uh, area. So, completely understandable, of course. Misha made a number of comments before the election. He also promised that he would not uh, hold public office in Georgia if Fashadze won, saying that he prefers to keep working with his Ukrainian political party, except if he were to be appointed director of the Free Economic Zone of Lazika, a project that UNM began building in between Anakli and Poti that was canceled by Utsneba. At his Giorgoba sermon a few days before the election, Orthodox Patriarch Ilya II called on people to accept the results. Both candidates were present, and afterwards Vashadze commented that he thought there should not be any politics, particularly in Georgia, that was not based on Christian values. Whatever those are. Certainly we're trying to figure that out in the United States these days. The Alliance of Patriots held several anti-UNM rallies before the election. A no to Nazism, according to the Kremlin plan of all over the place, blaming everyone they don't like on being Nazis. One in Tbilisi, one in Batumi. Other rallies were also held in Tbilisi, one <clears throat> to co- commemorate 
what would have been Tamerlane Machalishkashvili's 20th birthday, another anti-UNM rally organized by a youth group. Former Prime Minister Irakli Kharabashvili and Georgi Kvitikashvili also endorsed Zudabashvili via Facebook. The Georgian March said they would expel any member who voted for Vashadze. Meanwhile, the president of the European People's Party, Joseph Daoul, uh, pledged support for Vashadze and expressed concern about reported election violations. South Ossetian authorities also closed all five checkpoints on the occupation line from the evening of the 27th to the morning of the 29th, thus presenting South Ossetian residents with Georgian citizenship from voting. The South Ossetian authorities say that it was a security measure. The CEC added 9,781 people to the voter rolls uh, between the two elections, made up from 3,478 people who turned 18 after October 28th, number based on, based on birth records, so does not include deaths or other reasons for not being on the voters list, 134 who registered from abroad, and then the remainder of the people who got their IDs or restored their invalidated IDs during, the, uh, during that time. Civil.ge noted that only... 4,993 voters were added to the rolls between the 2006 and 2018 elections, so this was a drastic increase when compared with historical figures. Four photojournalists convicted of spying for Russia in 2011, Georgi Abdaladze, Zurab, uh, Kurtzikidze, Irakli Gedenidze, and uh, Natia Gedenidze, were acquitted by the Court of Appeals last Friday. The journalists were convicted as part of a plea bargain, but their lawyers said that the convictions were coerced, which of course they were, like all plea bargains, and that the arrest may have been uh, politically... Uh, been political retaliation for documenting the violent breakup of a rally in May 2011. The prosecutor's office says that the new witnesses, witness accounts and re-examination of case materials showed that there were no grounds for the case and that journalists' rights were violated. Abdaladze spoke after the court hearing blaming Vashadze's inhumane actions for forcing him and his colleagues to go through a nightmare of prison. It, it really is true that these photographers were just being punished by Misha and his team, and everybody who looked at the case knows it. It was one of the many prime illustrations of the complete subjugation of the judicial system to partisan coercion under Misha. There was, in fact, no judicial system. Nothing ever went to trial. Everything was done by plea bargain because they amended the criminal procedures code so that there was incredibly long prison terms for everything, and anyone who was idiotic enough to say that they were going to go to trial knew that they would spend a decade in prison no matter what the trumped-up charge was. So it was the, the judicial system, for all practical purposes, did not um, exist under uh, under Misha. And we should keep that in, uh, in mind when Misha and his team criticize the current judicial system, which has very, very serious problems, um, but is nothing compared to uh, to what it was like under Misha. Kremlin Marionettes Alliance of Patriots members of Parliament Georgi Lomia and Ada Marshania visited Moscow last week. Lomia spoke at the Committee for CIS Affairs and Eurasian Integration of the State Duma's Interparliamentary Conference. After Gudaudi's first heavy snow this year, the parking lot at the new Gudaudi Resort or Redco building collapsed, damaging a bunch of cars inside. On the plus side, there's already a lot of snow. Ski season has started a bit before the official December 15th date. Stuff to read. Chai Khanna wrote about women in literature in Georgia where women have been sidelined from the main literary scene and almost entirely excluded from things like the national curriculum and novel writing. However, things are slowly changing as a new generation of female authors like Naira Gelashvili and Tamta Meliashvili challenge stereotypes and broaden the perspectives of Georgian readers. 
Chaykhana also wrote about Georgia's first and only female defense minister, Tiniko Shelley, and her mixed legacy. She's a pretty abrasive person and just doesn't get along personally with too many people, but she's very, very smart. She thinks that she was able to get the ministry to become more transparent, that she encouraged more women and minorities, particularly Muslims, which is very, very important, to join the military and security sector. But those reformers did not make her popular within the institution, and she left the post after only 15 months. Eurasianet covered the underground world of visa fixers who helped Georgians illegally immigrate to the United States. At nearly 10% in 2017, Georgia has the highest rate of American tourist visa violators in the former Soviet Union and Europe. For thousands of dollars, fixers provide applicants with fake jobs, fake incomes, even fake gainfully employed wives if need be. The article briefly follows the experience of one endearing Tbilisi musician trying to get to the U.S. It's a very interesting article and one that you remember. The U.S. tourist visa system, I mean, people spend a lot of time talking about migration and immigrant visas, but non-immigrant visas just for tourists is incredibly badly administered by the United States and is worse than almost every everywhere else. That said, this article is really good at reminding us of the poor, long-suffering consular offices around the world who spend their days being lied to by very, 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 very many people, which makes it difficult for the many people who would simply like to be tourists or go to some conference or do something normal in the United States. It's a very, very difficult situation, and a lot of it is caused by the U.S. Congress not amending the, the changing the laws to, to create a better system like most of Europe has. All this stuff to read will be posted on our forum. This week's dive bar number is 2,084, the total length in kilometers of the Georgian Railroad. The National Museum, Polish Katyn Museum, and Polish Army Museum in Warsaw and Poland, and the Polish Institute in Tbilisi's exhibition, Katyn, it has been an unusual morning at the Simon Janasia Museum, closes this weekend on the 30th of November. Everybody should go see that if they have not. It's a very, very important thing to know about. Musicians Sabina Chanturia, Baya, Relkvina, and White Waters will perform at Tbilisi's Backstage 76 at 9 p.m. on the 1st of December, covering genres from folk reggae to electric pop. This will be very cool. Go to this, if at all possible. On the 2nd, starting at 11 a.m., Tbilisi's Ntatsminda Park um, is hosting a Cheese and Hot Drinks Day with classes on making khajapuri and chvistari, music and wide variety of hot beverages and regional cheeses, cheese-based foods to try and buy. Also in Tbilisi on the 2nd at, at um, noon, some local animal rights activists are collecting donations of construction supplies, bedding, and money to be used to make winter houses for street animals at Shevardnidze number 11. On the 7th, Bookhouse on Bagrationi will host a lecture by Eastern European University's Inga Zhenti on Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot at 7 p.m. The exhibition, Fifth Room Correction of Mistakes, by Georgian contemporary artist Chubika, is on display at the National Academy of Sciences in Tbilisi through the 8th of December. The 19th Tbilisi International Film Festival, TIFF, runs from the 3rd through the 9th. We'll focus on Italy, the 100th anniversary of Baltic independence, and director, director Ingemar Bergman. In addition to screenings, there will be meetings, workshops, and masterclasses. Visit www.tbilisifilmfestival, all written together, .ge, for further information. This is really worth looking at. It's a good film festival. It's tbilisifilmfestival.ge. Tbilisi's Patara Gallery exhibition, I Exist When You Are Here, Where You Never Were, I Can Never Be, is running through the 10th of January. 
Leah Bagrationi's exhibition, A Mad Tea Party, runs at the Tbilisi History Museum from the 29th of November through the 20th of January. The exhibition examines the inter interaction of randomness, visible and invisible memory and materials, and tries to answer the question, how do these concepts translate into the language of material? How does clay answer the aesthetic tasks? How the functionality and physicality of clay are transformed into a visual concept. In addition to the exhibition itself, there will be a three-day workshop in collaboration with the artists, Manuel Kanu and Alexandra Engelfreit, as well as a roundtable and presentation on the exhibition catalog. That's it for this week. My Twitter address is at TXTBUK. That's Tango, X-Ray, Tango, Bravo, Uniform, Kilo. Our email address is feelpod at gmail.com or post to the form on our website, which not enough of you have been doing recently, www.feelpod.com. You can ask questions or say anything you want or just spout off in general. We will finish with, from Stockholm, Sweden, this is Nina Cherry, 1996, and Woman. Try to read.